This is Retirement Paradise with Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Greg provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is Greg Gunther to help you retire in paradise. Testing one, two, looks good. Test one, two, <clears throat> check, check, check. All right, I'll bring us in. Aloha and welcome back to Retirement Paradise. This is Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. If you'd like some more information about what you're hearing during our show today, feel free to give us a call at 808-791-2924 or visit us online at therogroup.org. Now, over the last few weeks, you may have heard a lot about the potential for a bear market. When, well, welcome here. The bear is here. We have officially <laughs> entered bear market territory. So bull markets, bear markets, recessions, market volatility. When you're building a financial strategy with the goal to see you through your retirement, there's a lot to know, and even more accurately, there's a lot of financial news headlines that may have you second-guessing yourself in your strategy. But as with most things, knowledge is power. So during our episode today, we're gonna focus our attention on bear markets, what they are, and how you may be able to manage them. So you can hopefully breathe a little bit easier. But before we poke the bear, let me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, who if he was a bear, he'd be one of the friendly ones, like Winnie or Yogi. Oh, come on now. Uh, I don't think Winnie, I'll take Yogi, you know. Uh, you know, I like honey. Hey, Bubba, hey, Bubba Bear. <laughs> How about a picnic basket? <laughs> so, yeah, I'll take Yogi, but not not Winnie. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not much of a Winnie. I like Winnie, of course. Uh, who doesn't? But, uh, you know, I, I'm a financial news junkie. I try to stay in touch online and uh, read the papers, you know, the Wall Street Journal and, you know, news television, you know, Fox Business and CNBC. But, wow, it's just been crazy. There's been so much now about the bear market. And, uh, you know, the market's dropped into one recently. So I think this is a really, really important topic, Greg. And I would imagine that a lot of people out there um, some may have a financial strategy and maybe their hands off with it, but I think now the time <laughs> is, uh, it's time to look at it. And if you don't have a strategy, you know, get together <clears throat> with a financial services professional and take a look at it. Um, some people might not even, you know, know exactly what a bear market is. So I'm glad we're talking about this today. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this. You know, the writing's been on the wall for a while, and and I know it makes people nervous. You can get a little uneasy, and it's kind of like the elephant in the room, you know. So I, I pulled up some interesting articles. I got three articles here we're going to reference today. And my goal here on our show is just to put it into perspective, you know, so just to look back at what the history has been, what it's like and to expect going forward, and really kind of put a reality to it so that people can have more of a, a sense of peace you know not to say that it doesn't feel normal but these are somewhat normal it's all part of the cycles sure and so the first article i'm referencing here is from by, by nerd wallet and this is what is a bear market and how should i invest during one so let's start off by 
playing off your comment about understanding what a bear market is. So at its most basic, a bear market is simply when the market sees a prolonged plunge in investment prices. And it's usually marked by more than a 20% decline and it lasts two months or longer. And that's officially declared a bear market. Um, just a little history, Wall Street, the wall was put up to keep the animals out. And uh, bears strike down with their paws, and that's why bear markets are defined as declines. And bulls strike up with their horns, and that's why bulls are bull markets are defined by up markets. So just a little fun fact there for you. But uh, the article goes on to explain that bear markets can affect the market as a whole, as you know, with the Dow, the S&P 500, as well as individual stocks. Now, the 20% marker is typically the threshold, but the reality is that bear markets often fall much farther than that over that sustained period of time rather than all at once. So even though the market may enjoy a handful of brief rallies, things generally tend downward. They trend downward in, in, in bear markets. So sooner or later, though, there's the good news. Investors begin gobbling up the bargain price stocks and puts an end to the bear market. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's that's good. I'm glad you laid that out for us, how it works. And so we're all on the same page uh, with that. And, you know, obviously, um, I've heard bear markets can have uh, a significant psychological impact on investors people get emotional don't they when the stocks start getting volatile yeah the the down markets are definitely more emotional uh, than the up markets up markets sure. are kind of a calming uh, vibe where the bear markets are more of a scary one so yeah they definitely can and one of the defining elements of a bear market is a combination of investor pessimism and lowered confidence and it's very common that during a bear market, investors will be unable to embrace any good news and instead continue selling quickly, you know, which only serves to drive prices down even further. So it's also common during a bear market that some investors may be confident about certain individual stocks without applying that same level of confidence to the market as a whole. Right. Yeah, there you go. And, you know, obviously when we, uh, you know, look back, at the history of bear markets, uh, a lot's happening there. What are some of the things that typically cause them and how long do they generally last? Okay, great, great question. And the article does note that bear markets typically occur right before the economy itself drifts into recession. So many investors watch certain economic signals like like a hawk scanning the tall grass for a mouse. <laughs> I mean, those signals include things like the hiring rates, wage growth, inflation, of course, interest yeah, rates on the rise. That, those are all things that are happening right now. Exactly. And, and these signals can sometimes tell us, you know, if the economy is cooling. Though we should note that the pandemic's still recent nationwide closures and surge in unemployment claims have really made it more difficult to use some of those time-tested economic signals to determine the true condition of the economy. So there's still a lot of smoke, you know, from all those COVID lockdowns and stuff. And hopefully we learned a lot from that going forward. But when investors do think they've unlocked enough clues to determine that, yes, indeed, the economy is shrinking, they then expect corporate profits to drop, at least in the near term. And accordingly, they begin selling off their stocks, which has the domino effect of pushing the market even lower. These, of course, is the big money, the hedge funds and things like that. And continuing that domino effect, bear markets may also suggest that higher unemployment, 
and a more challenging economy is on the horizon. So that's all kind of the precursors to to the bear market. Sure. And I think one of the big things that fueled the current bear market or the the current drops we've seen recently uh, was the fact that even after the Fed had raised the interest rate by a half a percent, they thought it would slow the rise of inflation, but then the inflation numbers came out and it was 8.6. So now I I heard they just raised it by 0.75 three quarters uh right uh, another three quarters that was just announced so um they're trying to quell that inflation because it is affecting the markets obviously yeah single highest uh, rate hike in the last uh, 30 years so the fed's wow. trying to walk a fine line of not slowing down the economy too much but trying to douse that inflation down yeah and uh the length of bear markets you had asked about earlier tony yep. and i think this is something that does help put some investors' mind at ease. There's no real definitive answer, uh, but the article does go on to say that historically, bear markets are shorter than bull markets. Mm. Everyone's heard of the Wall Street waltz, right? Three steps forward, one step back. Yep. The uh, average bear market is 363 days, so just under a year, whereas the average bull market is 1,742 days. That's like four and a half years. So there's your little waltz right there. And from a purely statistical statistical standpoint, bear markets tend to pack a less potent punch. So during a bear market, losses have historically been around 33%, and we're not quite there yet, but still, that's where the average has been historically. So we might be down 20, 22% right now, but this shows you that there's really nothing to panic about. On the flip side, the average gains during bull markets are about 159%. And people have to remember, you know, from Oh nine, all the way up to 2020, practically, uh, we had a really huge uh, bull market run. There was a lot of gains there. A lot of people were enjoying. Now, interestingly, the coronavirus-induced bear market that kicked off March 2020, that didn't last very long. That actually shifted right into a bull market again less than a month later. That's what mm. we call a V-shaped recovery. Now, again, a full picture of the pandemic's economic fallout is still being painted, and that's kind of where we're at right now with this one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, it's crazy right now. And uh, bull market, bear market, whatever the market, I think it's always a good idea, obviously, to have a financial strategy, a written plan in place, and work with a financial services professional to help you with that. Now, let's take a minute to let our listeners know how they can get that and answer any questions that they might have about what's going on or where they're at personally. Uh, How can they meet with you and get a hold of you? Yeah, whether you're new to the show or, or you're an existing client tuning in, if you have any questions about your existing portfolio, you want some guidance, you want a little more info, give us a call, 808-791-2924. You can do the contact us link at our website, therogroup.org. Drop me an email, be happy to communicate with you. Sure, I think that's great. Now, I think it's been a good one so far. Very timely topic today, talking about a bear market, what's going on out there right now. Uh, but what can you tell us about investing during a bear market? Right? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, it's one of the more critical questions. And there's another Nerd Wallet article that says uh, how you should invest during one, and I'll, it provides some really essential insights. And the first recommendation, and this is before I even read it, I knew this was the answer: concept of dollar cost averaging. Mm-hmm. And so the article gives this example: the price of a stock or shares of your mutual fund or 401k in in your portfolio 
if they've dropped from say $100 a share to $75 a share, you have some extra cash, you might be quickly pondering about buying more. Um, but there's an expression in Wall Street and investing, never catch a falling knife, right? Because everyone tries to call <laughs> the bottoms and right. there could be another bottom, you know? So that $75 price share could now be 50. What if it drops to 30? So trying to predict the bottom can be a dangerous game. Dollar cost averaging is really the best way to invest for the long run. And that's just putting in consistent dollar amounts. And as the prices fluctuate up and down, it has a nice average where you actually get a, your average price per share, your average cost per share rather is lower than the average price per share over that same time frame. So it's a way to buy them at a discount. Right, there you go. Uh, that sounds great. And obviously uh, you wanna make sure you're doing what's right for your own personal situation. You don't wanna get out over your skis, as they say, right? Exactly, yeah. Trying to pinpoint bottoms are, is dangerous yeah, territory. you don't wanna time the market. So what's a better strategy? Well, the dollar cost averaging is the smart play. So it's a simple principle of consistently investing over time about equal amounts. So people do this in their 401k or TSP. It's just that's the smartest way to do it. So it allows you to smooth out your purchases over time. So it's a nice little math trick. Again, over your investing time frame, your average cost per share works out to be less than the average price per share. So consistent dollar amount investing over the times of choppy markets is the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. A dollar cost average your way in and uh, doing that. Uh, that's a great rundown. Now, how should we consider uh, what else can we do when we're trying to invest during a bear market? Well, diversification um, is another great way to, to help kind of ease the turbulations of a bear market. Um, it's not that all that complicated. All diversification really means is that your portfolio has a nice mix of different assets and different styles uh, of investing. During bear markets, most companies um, that are saying an index like the S&P will fall, but that doesn't mean that they'll always fall in similar amounts. You know, there's 500 stocks in the S&P 500, so some don't move in the same direction, the same mathematical time every single day, obviously, and that's why diversification is critical. So if during a bear market, you have a healthy mix of winners and losers, you may be positioned to lessen your overall losses. The article also notes that because bear markets often precede or coincide with recessions, many investors prefer assets that may provide a steadier return, regardless of how the broader economy is performing. This is often referred to as a defensive strategy. Mm. Okay. Uh, makes sense. And what kind of assets then are we talking about that are within a defensive strategy? What are you talking about here? Well, the first uh, big one is dividend paying stocks. Um, even during a time when stock prices aren't necessarily trending up and maybe even trending down, a lot of investors and retirees still want to receive dividend payments. And it's for that reason that some companies offer these higher than average dividends that may be particularly enticing during bear markets. So bonds can be another common defensive strategy. Um, if interest rates on the rise, bonds usually are going to go down. So not all markets are created equal, but those dividend paying stocks, if the stock prices go down, a lot of these solid corporations that have a history of consistently paying dividends, although you might be down on paper, you're at least still getting your, your dividend pays. And also a lot of investors, you know, have used bonds in the past, but right now, again, with interest rates on the rise, they're not really working that well. But there are some defensive strategies that are still available to our investors. Sure. 
And uh, I think that's great. Now, on previous shows, you have spent time highlighting diversification. Uh, that's kind of one of your mantras, Greg. And I'm glad you brought that back up because it is so important, especially now when the market becomes volatile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And diversification isn't necessarily just having multiple accounts. You know, a lot of times people think they're diversified and they have several accounts, but they really own the same securities underneath it. So we need things like different asset classes, different strategies of investing, maybe a tactical style of investing, maybe a stock selection uh, portfolio, maybe an endowment fund. Um, Also different sectors tend to perform differently in different markets. And the article specifically points to consumer staples and utilities as sectors that have maintain solid performance during previous recessions because these things tend to still have consistent earnings and chug along. Um, now, this is a benefit of utilizing professional money managers. You know, like our, our partners, you know, the, the pros consider all of these things and they aim to find our clients the best opportunities. Mm, yeah, there you go. And I know that there are a lot of different vehicles and tools that you use uh, to help uh, your clients protect from the downside and to stay the course. Everybody's situation is different, but you need to be working with a financial services professional and identify you know, those sectors that traditionally perform solidly during a recession. That's a great reason to work with somebody like yourself. And uh, you know, when it comes to building portfolios and strategies for your finances, you wanna get something that will maintain as much strength as possible in good times and bad. So I tell our listeners, pick up the phone and give Greg a call, right? Yep. And we've even got some portfolios um, newly designed that do offer some downside protection, some buffers. So there's a lot of ways to protect yourself in, in the bear market, but probably in your 401k or you know your, your self-managed IRA, you're not going to find these types of things. So yeah, very valuable to, to work with the pros. Now, the final way to invest in during a bear market, Tony, is to close out this point, and this was this one I think is the obvious one, and that's to stick to your long game. You know, in many ways, bear markets will test both your discipline and your resolve. So while it's perfectly normal to sweat and worry during market drops, history has shown time and time again, patience is virtue. Not panicking, sticking with your long-term strategy is especially important if your primary goal is to provide yourself and of course your spouse or partner with your preferred retirement lifestyle. Because as the article makes plain, the bear markets you fight your way through will almost certainly be overshadowed by the bull markets that help you thrive. So the article offers this important piece of wisdom also. Money you need for short-term goals, which are ones you typically plan to achieve in the next five years, shouldn't be in the market. I always like to remind the people I work with that feeling nervous or maybe even a little panicked is perfectly natural. Worrying doesn't mean you're wrong, it just means you're human. But the key is to not allow those feelings to overwhelm your common sense. Well, yeah, and before we go on, Greg, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you. I know you're offering a no-charge consultation, no obligation, and if our listeners have questions or want to you know, you can run a report and dig into their 401k IRA to make sure that they truly are diversified. How can it, how can they do that? Yeah, I would first point people to our website. Check out therogroup.org. Got a lot of great videos on there. There's a contact us link. Um, or if you have specific questions or you want to develop a strategy and just kind of take a look at it, give us a call, 808-791-2924. I just want to say, Tony, that, you know, our clients do enjoy a balanced 
allocation and we design plans to be able to withstand um, anything that the market can throw at us. Right. And I think that's so important. And what's the phone number again they can reach you at? 808-791-2924. All right. And let's keep rolling here. What do you have for us in our final segment? Well, I want to continue our conversation on the potential impact of bear markets by focusing specifically on what a bear market might mean for your retirement strategy. So I kind of led into that um, with that last segment there of being immune uh, to what the market can throw at us. And I have another article to reference. So this one's by Kiplinger, and it's uh, retirement income shouldn't depend on the market. It should depend on math. And it really does a nice job of defining how you can build a retirement strategy that stands up against those market fluctuations. Yeah. And that's an intention <laughs> that's an intention grabbing headline. So, what kind of information do you have for us regarding that? Well, first and foremost, the article recognizes that the market is currently experiencing a bit of volatility and that alone is enough to make retirees especially and near retirees more nervous, and rightly so. After all, as we say often on our show, retirement is your reward for years of your hard work and financial discipline. The article uh, also has an interesting historical nugget that makes clear that worries about potential bear markets aren't unwarranted. So I like this, check this out. Between 1928 through March of this year, there has been 26 bear markets. So we're in, we're in nothing new here. There's, this is not uncharted territory. Remember that a bear market is, is defined as a decline of more than 20% that lasts at least two months. And get this, since 1928, the average bear market decline has been a whopping 35%, which means the fear of big losses isn't entirely irrational. Well, no, it, it obviously isn't, but uh, also, you want to work with somebody who can help you make calm decisions during these times, especially if you're in retirement. So what should retirees and near retirees do then? Well, to try to keep this as simple as possible in the limited time we have left, um, there are some things that folks can do to somewhat protect their retirement assets from bear markets. So the biggest of which, and the article kind of notes that your income shouldn't depend on the market, it should depend on the math. So let's take a closer look at the math. Let's say that your spouse and yourself are close to retirement and you have a million dollars saved. Now that's a nice chunk of money, but don't lose sight of the fact that your retirement could easily last two or three decades even. Is that money gonna be enough if you live that long? Oh, and by the way, as you age, everything gets more expensive. Food, housing, utilities, you name it. So we gotta be prepared to withstand that. Sure. Yeah, uh, especially right now. And in retirement, for some, this can be a, a tough thing. So you need a financial services professional. Uh, you know, if that million dollars you know you had saved up for retirement needs to last as long as 30 years, I'm guessing it's not enough to just let it sit there in your bank account. So what should somebody do, especially in that example you gave us? Right. I mean, having having a nice balanced approach is really is really key. You don't want to rely 100% on the market. You don't want to run away from the market completely. You got to have things that complement each other. And so you could take this money and split it into three buckets. So we like to do some kind of a three-tiered kind of investment strategy. So the first bucket would be your safe bucket. Now, this is where you place money that handle unexpected emergencies that pop up in everyone's life, even in retirement. So when I'm sitting down with a client, I make it a point to simply ask them, you know, what amount of money do you need safely to live off of every month? And in the safety bucket, we like to go between six months 
to nine months of income. And that makes people feel very comfortable. That's a good rule of thumb. They say the bare minimum is three months, but six months seems to be a little bit more, more comfortable. Now, I've been in this business a long time, so the answers that I get to this question are very considerably, but let's just stick with the example of our couple with a million dollars. The article suggests 50,000 to their safety bucket, and I think that's that's a pretty good number. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, obviously, uh, the bucket approach is important. It seems like a, a good solution. I'm guessing the safety bucket will have even more appeal than usual for a lot of our listeners. What's the next bucket? Well, the next one is is the key one. That's the income bucket. So this bucket is built around the question of how much money you think you need to live off of every month. So let's say that your lifestyle dictates that you want 6,000 a month as your income goal. And if you're receiving 2,000 a month from Social Security for each spouse for a total of 4,000, simple math tells us you have an income gap of about 2,000 a month. So a potential way to address that gap is to use some of this retirement nest egg to create income. Um, A balanced approach would be maybe dedicating some to an income annuity where you're not relying 100% on the market to pay your income. You're immune from the market. You're getting checks. Another side of that might be a dividend paying stock. So like we mentioned earlier, as the stocks go up and down in value, you're not selling them. You're just collecting your dividend revenue. That's the kind of strategy where you can withstand whatever the market throws at us. If we're down for a year, 18 months, you know, you're not selling your shares, you're taking your income from a safety of an annuity and you're getting dividends from stocks, allowing the market to recover and, and be able to have long-term growth. Sure. Well, and I think that that makes sense. I believe that leaves us with one bucket left then. Right. With the second bucket being income, first bucket was emergencies. Third bucket allows you to be more aggressive with the goal of long-term growth. And so we might earmark certain portfolios or accounts for this as a rainy day fund. Long-term investing, maybe for future long-term care, maybe for legacy planning, maybe if something happened to one of the spouses and you lost some income, you can tap into this bucket at a later time in life. Now be aware that the money in this bucket obviously could decline if the market falters or we're in a bear market. So it's important that you shelve this and and earmark that for long term. You're not going to be tapping into this anytime soon. And the article notes that while you shouldn't be overly aggressive with the third bucket, because buckets one and two are kind of squared away, it's advantageous to consider a portfolio that's a little bit more aggressive than what you're used to. Now, it also going to depend on your overall risk tolerance, what type of investor you are but there's tons of different portfolios uh, that you can earmark these things for. But that's essentially it in a nutshell, how you can just weather through the bear market, even in retirement. That's awesome, you laid it out very well, Greg, and uh, I think it's very helpful. It's been a great show. Is there anything else you wanna add before we go? Well, if you have any questions on what you heard during the show today, if you want to look at getting your portfolio structured so it's virtually immune to what the market can throw at us, um, we can have a no cost, no obligation consultation. I'd be happy to answer anyone's questions. Give us a call, 808-791-2924. All right. Thanks, Greg. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Retirement Paradise with our host, Greg Gunther. Thank you for listening to Retirement Paradise. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Greg Gunther at the Retirement Optimization Group. Call 808-791-2924 or visit their website at therogroup.org. 
Greg Gunther and the Retirement Optimization Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.